Another frustrating night for the Minnesota Wild as they come up short in a 5-3 loss to the Florida Panthers. We break down all the action on tonight's Locked On Wild postcast. You are Locked On Wild postcast, part of Locked On Sports Minnesota, your team every day. Minnesota Wilds come up short 5-3 to three to the Florida Panthers, and we are breaking down all the action on tonight's Locked on Wild postcast. Seth Topal joined by Kevin Gorg. Kevin, a frustrating one tonight as uh, you see what happens, the first two goals that the Panthers score, it's turnovers in the defensive zone. And while that would have been something that this team may have been able to shake off last year with the offense they had, just, uh, just tough to overcome some of these uh, these penalties and turnovers that have been dooming the Wild over the last few games. Yeah, critical points of the game, Seth. To your point, you know, in that closing seconds of period one, after a really good road first period where the Florida Panthers had one uh, one shot on goal uh, inside of five minutes to go in that period, and you cough the puck up on your defensive half wall, ends up in the back of the net in the, in the closing 12 and a half seconds. Panthers get feeling good. They get momentum come out right away in the second and the same thing happens again. And now you're basically playing uphill the rest of the game. And so your power play gets going. That's great. But in the end, um, between the turnovers and the ill-time penalty by uh, Hartman, it just was too much to overcome. Well, and it was as the game went on, a Florida team that was super shorthanded. They at one point were down to three defensemen and it just, the wild were not able to really sustain as much they did have some periods of time where they sustained in five on five, but beyond the power play, beyond pulling the goalie and getting the extra attacker, it was just uh, tough for the Wild to uh, to set up shop in the uh, offensive zone. It was, and the Panthers once they got the lead did a really nice job of packing things in in the slot. But you know, third string goalie, uh, you know, great story, uh, Baudet kid uh, who played on Hockey Day back in two thousand eight. Yeah, that part's really cool, but you know, it's a it's a third string goalie for most of the game. They had four defensemen. Um, you know, Minnesota. I just think you know, looking back, um, we'll look you know at this game as as a game where they basically gave two points away. And it's frustrating too because you you alluded to the power play looked great. That might have been the best that the power play has looked in a handful of games. Crisp passes, and uh, they get a couple of really nice goals. But it's just that that was really the only thing that seemed to uh, to get them going offensively. Yeah, they looked really good in those sequences, and that's certainly going to be important moving forward, especially when you take a team on like the Tampa Bay Lightning on Tuesday in the class that they bring to the rink every night. Um, feeling good in the power play will help. But again, five on five, as you mentioned, they have really struggled consistently scoring goals. And you know they're a better team when when Marcus Foligno's out there. No one's making an excuse. He got sick. Uh, didn't. Uh, feel well enough to play. They probably did the right thing resting him and not getting anybody else sick because they've had such luck now getting health on the, you know, on their side. But, um, you know, if they get him back on Tuesday, which they believe they will, uh, you've got that grief line back together. You got Matt Boldy starting a little bit of a streak. Now we, uh, you know, we've seen this from him before. He's a guy that can string together some games with goals and that would really help the Wilds cause. Frustrating night for Ryan Hartman as well. He uh, had the penalty that he took uh, in retaliation for uh, wh whatever the exchange ended up being, and then he 
you know, gets in the fights and, and it just it seems like I don't know if him not scoring at the same level that he did last year uh, is kind of starting to, to weigh on him, but it was unfortunate that that penalty that he took ended up being the power play that the Panthers scored on, made it just seem like that much more of a, of, of a mistake. Psychologically, that was a real tough sequence uh, because, again, the Wild had clawed their way back in the game. They had a little traction. They had some mojo going. And at that time, you knew if Florida was able to score a goal there that it was going to be a gut punch, and it was. And the Wild really never recovered. And, you know, for Ryan Hartman, I'm not even certain it has anything to do with the fact that pucks haven't gone in and he's missed part of the season. And he's had a hard time feeling comfortable because of that that injury he st- he sustained. And he's not, I don't think at any point this season, going to be 100% healthy from what I'm hearing. But, you know, he plays on that edge, Seth. And he's at his best when he walks that line. Dean Evison's had the conversation with Ryan time and time again, though, about going to the edge and not getting over that line. And, you know, retaliating by punching a guy at that point was something he'll want back. And it's a situation where he'll learn from it, hopefully, and you know, again, the, the coaches do a great job communicating with this group. Um, and I think that you know, the Wild and, and Ryan Hartman will respond with a, a much smarter game on Tuesday. Uh, just looking at Gustafson's performance as well, Kevin, before we start to take more of a look at Tampa Bay, um, the both him and Marc-Andre Fleury have really helped this team by keeping them in games early and – you know, it's it's tough for a goalie to make saves when you've got a guy right in front of you that has the whole net to work with, and so you look at the uh, the goals given up, but you, two of those were on turnovers right in front of him, and so it's 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 tough. The numbers probably don't look as good with those two goals, but you know, Gustafson still had some really nice saves in this one too. He did. I think if you talk to him, he'd want the first one back, even though it was a breakdown and a turnover he was in position to make the save and it kind of got through him. Goaltenders hate that. Um, They want to seal that up. They want to be compact and tight in that spot right there. And it got through him. So I I think if you asked him and he was honest, he'd tell you that's the one goal he'd really want back. And it was such a big moment in the game as it turns out, because Florida, uh, once they got that momentum really kind of took a hold of the hockey game, you know, both these guys have been so good for Minnesota. And if you look at here we are now just past the halfway point of the season, what are you most impressed by or maybe most surprised by? And I would say the consistency that we've seen from both these goaltenders. If you look back to that first week of the season, they both looked like they were off to rough starts. The team was giving up a bunch of goals, and, and they've ended up being the real strong suit of this hockey team. So they can rely on, on this goaltending tandem. And, and I think more often than not, if, if you're Dean Evison in the Minnesota Wild, you know you're going to be in a position to win the game, and you're probably going to win that battle. And – you know, when you look at that matchup every night, if you can win that matchup, you know, seven or eight times out of ten, which the Wild have this year, you're likely going to be a playoff team. A 5-3 to three loss for the Minnesota Wild. We will take a look at the Tampa Bay Lightning coming up next for the Wild on Tuesday, plus whether or not we see some lineup tweaks for this team heading into that Lightning game. All of that coming up as we continue tonight's Locked on Wild postcast after a word from our sponsors. And tonight's Locked on Wild postcast is brought to you by Built Bar. If you're looking for the perfect treat to help you get 2023 started on the right foot, Built Bar is the way to go. Now, why Built Bar, you may ask? Well, for starters, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. They also come in some unbelievably amazing flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, and coconut almond. 
And not only that, we've talked all year about how you can get Built Bars at Built.com and have them sent right to your door. But what if I told you you didn't have to wait? You can head to your nearest Walmart or Sam's Club to pick up a box of Built Bars and get things started right away. If not, make sure to head to Built.com and grab yourself a box of Built Bars today. Continuing tonight's Locked on Wild postcast, Minnesota Wild lose 5-3 to three to the Florida Panthers. Seth Topol and Kevin Gorg breaking the action down. Kevin, do you think we'll see any tweaks in the lineup? Obviously, getting Marcus Foligno back will be a boost, but we saw Mason Shaw in the lineup in his spot tonight. And another game for Alex Goligoski where I thought he, uh, I thought he played well. Do you see any lineup changes for this team uh, coming in against uh, the Lightning? You know... I'm torn because I agree that Goligoski, once again, you just see the smarts that he brings to the table. And, you know, he's, he's at, you know, the, the final chapter of his career, final couple of years, likely for Alex, he's been such a good hockey player and he's such a, just an awesome, awesome individual. I would not be shocked though, if Matt Dumba draws back in and I'll give you a couple of reasons. Number one, it is the guest trip and, and Matt's been, I got to tell you, you never know how these players are going to react, especially guys that love to compete like, you know, a player like Dumba. What I saw tonight when he he warmed up because there were other players that were banged up and we, the while we're tinkering with playing an extra defenseman and one less forward, he came off the ice, got his gear off, and like he always is, he was pumping the guys up, leading the charge as they lined up to go on the ice, hung out down by the locker room the entire game, and that really shows the leadership that, that Matt possesses. He has been behind the scenes just an unbelievable leader and emotional guy for this hockey team. So I would not be shocked if he draws back in. Now, will Goligoski come out? I don't know. Dean's got some options back there, but uh, but certainly that's something they're going to consider. Marc-Andre Fleury likely gets to start uh, as this rotation continues that Dean Emerson said is, is a rotation, but they're both playing well, <laughs> so it is a rotation. Um, but, you know, I think that'd be the only change. And let's hope Marcus Foligno gets healthy because – the fact that he wasn't at the team meeting this morning, the fact that he didn't play means he was really, really sick. And now hopefully he can recover with the off day tomorrow and then get back on the ice for practice Monday when the Wild travel to Tampa. Kevin, I wanted to ask you too, Kirill Kaprizov with Matt Dumba not in the lineup tonight got to uh, to wear the A on his sweater. And, you know, being the kind of the face of the franchise, all the goals that he scored over the last few years – I think I would imagine that's got to be a cool moment for Kaprizov to be able to do that, and it speaks to kind of what this team thinks of him, not only with his production on the ice, but the leadership that he is bringing to the team as well. You know, it's funny. Wayne Gretzky made a comment later in his career. He was asked about what it meant to be a captain, and he said, you know, it's the ultimate compliment. He said, because the biggest challenge you face as a hockey player is not scoring goals it's not winning games. It's earning the respect of your teammates and your coaches. And even though early on, certainly there was a language barrier, certainly he was still adjusting to life in uh, the States coming from Russia. And certainly there was a pandemic, but he's earned that respect because of the way he's handled himself and the way he consistently goes about his business. You won't find a harder working guy. You won't find a guy that gives up more every single night. He's getting slashed. He's getting hit doesn't take dumb penalties, fights the good fight, scores the big goals, and uh, he's he's earned a ton of respect from his teammates. And I think that really means something that they put the A in that sweater. They didn't do it because he's a good player. There are a lot of good players on this hockey team. 
Kirill Kaprizov has earned um, that A on his sweater. And I think it's really important. And you bring up a great point. And so, you know, moving forward in those situations, I think that, you know, you look for Kirill now to maybe take a, a little bit more of a voice. And even though his English isn't 100% there and he's not comfortable doing interviews with TV or radio yet, I can tell you behind the scenes, there's a lot of conversation going on. And he's got a big voice in that locker room. And I think it's great for the Minnesota Wild. Let's end on special teams. We talked about the power play two for two. They looked great in the two opportunities they had. I didn't think the penalty kill looked bad with the exception of that power play goal that the Panthers scored. Uh, And it led to some opportunities shorthanded for the Wild. And so if they're going to get back on track, got to get these special teams units to play like they did against the Panthers and keep that going moving forward. Yeah, that's the one thing you can take away from this game, saying if we can get that type of effort every night from our special teams, we're going to be in a good position here. The power play, uh, not just the goals. You mentioned it earlier, the way they pass the puck, the way they spread those killers out, the zone time that they created. It's easy with this team uh, when you watch them to know if they're on or they're off on their power play by how they enter the zone and how they control the puck, and they did that tonight. On the penalty kill, they're one of the most dangerous teams in the league shorthanded. They've got guys with speed, and they play an aggressive kill. That's the one adjustment they really made in the offseason that you could noticeably point your finger at and say, this is different, this is better. The coaching staff spent the entire summer trying to drop a way they could be better and more aggressive on the penalty kill and use their speed to their advantage. So you look at some of the guys like Shaw, like Dewar, like Freddie Gaudreau, like Sam Steele, players that have good instincts and have speed make it very difficult because they can – create turnovers, and they can also score goals. And so, yeah, moving forward to Tampa might be the toughest game of the year. You beat them 5-1 in St. Paul. They've heard all about how the Wild have won five or six in a row against them. And, oh, by the way, they got beat tonight in Calgary and gave up six goals. So this is a team that's been to the Cup three times here in the last four years and won two of them. You know they're going to come out full of fire. This is going to be a huge test on Tuesday for Minnesota. Should definitely be a fun game, and we'll have more of a look at the game with another preview for you before Tuesday's game against the Lightning. So Lockdown Wild listeners, make sure to keep an eye out for that as we move throughout the rest of the weekend into Tuesday's game. That will wrap it up for tonight's postcast. Kevin, thank you for the time, as always, breaking down the action as the Wild come up short here against the Florida Panthers. Lockdown Wild listeners, make sure you subscribe everywhere you can so you don't miss out on any of our pre- and post-game content as well as episodes throughout the week as well. Follow us on social media, YouTube, and all of your favorite podcast platforms so you don't miss out on any Minnesota Wild news throughout the week. We've got new episodes every Monday through Friday as part of the Lockdown Sports Podcast Network.